Hundred. WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Landry Jones has 19 games of regular season experience and five starts. Josh Dobbs has zero regular season experience. Landry Jones has three regular season wins in those five starts. Josh Dobbs has no regular season wins. Landry Jones has put in five plus years learning the Steelers system. Josh Dobbs has put in a little over a year. It matters how you do in preseason games against guys who will wind up on practice squads and in a readable. Yes, it does matter. Just not very much. When you're all in on one season, which the Steelers definitely are, you can't have a number two quarterback with zero regular season experience. Most important, the decision has long since been made by the Steelers. Landry Jones is the backup. Now, if you heard all that, you know all that. And if you still want to argue that Josh Dobbs should be the Steelers' number two quarterback, then guess what? You just made the list. It is amazing, amusing, and frustrating that people want to argue the case for Josh Dobbs being the number two. He's not better and hasn't proven that he's better. Case closed. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Cont on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. What I just said, what about that don't you understand? And here's an example of a media guy just doing something out of his backside. It's Andrew Filipponi, who I think is a great talent. I, I enjoy his work. But he says, if a team offered the Steelers a second-round pick in the 2019 draft for Mason Rudolph, would you make that deal? I would. That is just yanking something out your backside, right out the ass, because as Mark Cabali responds, I'd give up 45 of the 53 for a second rounder. And you know what? If Kaboom's exaggerating, it's not by a lot. Ain't nobody offered a second round pick for Mason Rudolph. Ain't nobody offering, well, I, I take that back. I could see somebody offering like a fifth or a sixth for Josh Dobbs if they really thought he'd be a good fit in their system. Then again, why not wait till he gets cut and get him for nothing? 412-333-9939, the number to call. I can't stand it. I can't stand this quarterback talk. I just can't stand it. O'Brien, who I made fun of a couple minutes ago, said uh, Dobbs is literally a rocket scientist to make the assumption that he can't learn an NFL offense in a year is laughable. That's a different kind of learning. And not only that, when you're a rocket scientist, after they launch the rocket, you don't have to pick it up and throw it to somebody else. Okay? There is learning the offense and there is execution. And learning the offense predates in a big way the execution. And we're talking about right now. Right now. Right now. Jones has been learning for five years. Landry Jones played big-time quarterback at, at, at Oklahoma. I mean, it's not like he's some guy off the street who barely knows the game that's just there because he's there and has been. It's it just, this is a stupid argument. I feel stupid that I've wasted three hours on it today. But like I said, it's a long three hours. Uh, 
news tweets, the same people who want Dobbs as the backup criticized the Steelers for wasting a draft pick on him and wanted him cut after last preseason. That's true, too. It's exactly right. Dobbs wasn't great last preseason. You people are such a bunch of gutless pukes. Let's go to Mark and Allison Park. Mark, going with the super genius. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, so I just wanted to say I agree with you on the Landry thing. I mean, I think people are forgetting that he looked decent against the Patriots a couple years back. And, I mean, I don't see his trade value being higher than like a fourth or a fifth. And uh, bro, bro, let me, let me stop you. They're not going to trade him. Okay, there's no point debating his value when they're not going to trade him. I agree, and that's what I'm saying. I think somebody who can hold their own against the Patriots, I mean, he wasn't an all-star, but he was decent, is much more valuable than... Yeah, but we we don't have to break it down to microcosms, because that's what the Dobbs fans are doing. They're, They're taking last night's game against Carolina's backups and making it sound like Super Bowl III and Broadway Joe's guarantee. Uh, it, it just, it just, it just, it's it's the long run. And Landry Jones has a long run, at least a lot longer than Josh Dobbs is. Quick question: Do you do you think he could actually start uh, like down the line when Ben retires and be decent? I think it depends when Ben retires. I think if Ben retired after this year, Landry Jones would be a transition starter next year because I don't think they would think that Rudolph was quite ready. But if Ben plays another year after this, I think Mason Rudolph is the next starter. And who knows, Landry Jones might still be the backup, and there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. Let's, Agreed. Thanks. Let's go to Scott on the Parkway. Scott, you're on with Double M. Hey, hey Mark. How you doing? New listener. Enjoy the show. Terrific. Hey, um, you just think that – I agree with you totally about this whole, the whole deal. But do you think that everyone thinks that, like, all of us users are spoiled because of Ben Roethlisberger's play – that we need to have a backup just as good as... Uh, no, I, I don't and, think Ben and, and his success figure at all into this debate. Okay, I just, you know, just throwing it out there. Everyone thinks that our backup needs to be... I, I, think, I think that, that Steeler fans think the backup has to be better than the backup needs to be. I hear talk I hear talk about Josh Dobbs' mobility. You don't need mobility in a backup. You need execution of the playbook. No, you're totally, you're totally right. Ben's not all that mobile right now, is he? No, he has an instinct not. for extending plays, but uh, he's not going to do sprint out quarterback draws. No, exactly, and that's just what people need to get through their heads. You know, it's, they're just ridiculous, and that's all I need to do, buddy. That's what Thanks. Let's it. go to Sean and Shaler. Sean, you're on uh, with Mark. My, my question for you, Mark, is: Has there ever been a quarterback who has actually left the team, went to another team, and won a Super Bowl? that same year with that team. I don't know. This isn't a trivia show. I get I get it, but I was just saying I think Mason Rudolph could, could go somewhere and do something. Mason Rudolph? Okay, they're not going to trade Mason Rudolph. Hello? Yeah, I understand. Okay, No, no apparently you don't because you just, you just speculated that Rudolph could go to another team and win a Super Bowl as a rookie. I, I, I'm saying it can be done, yes. I'm saying he, he No, 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 it, no. Not by him, it can't. Not by him, it can't. No, it can't. It can't. You really see that in Mason Rudolph, that he could lead a team to a Super Bowl his first year. You're drawing that conclusion from having seen him play a couple preseason games. 
I'm saying he's got the talent. And he, if he's, he's got the talent, how come he got picked in the third effing round? After five quarterbacks went in the first round. He may have that talent, idiot, but if he does, only you think so. Let's go to Lamont in Robinson. Lamont, it's the big one, Elizabeth. Lamont, what do you want? Uh, I want to talk actually about the uh, the wide receivers. I know you're tired of talking about these quarterbacks. Oh, no, day. Lamont, I'm just tired, period. Yeah. Um, Tevin Washington, what do you feel about him? Do you think he's going to make the cut? Who the hell is Kevin Washington? Not Kevin, Tevin, number 14. His name's not Washington. It's It's the guy who caught two touchdowns last night? Yeah, Tevin. His name's not Tevin Washington. His name's, it is. His name's Tevin oh, Jones. Tevin Jones. I I apologize. Tevin Jones. How could you mix up Washington and Jones? I've, it's been a long day for me. No, he ain't making the team. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Allen in the car. Allen, you're on with Double M. How's it going, Double M? Great. Um, heard your uh, interview with uh, Josh Yoey and... Uh, just curious, where do you think the lines will shake out, and how would you put the Penguins' lines together? Well, I haven't really thought about it that deeply, but but my lines would be, uh, just off the top of my head, Sid, Hornquist, and Gensel, Malkin, Kessel, and Haglin, Broussard centering, uh, Rust, and boy, help me out here, because I'm... Afton Reese? Well, I mean, the way I'm doing it, I want Rust on the right wing, so that puts Sprawl on fourth line, which they won't do. Uh, I don't know, bro. I can give you my first two lines. That's as good as I can do. I'd put Zach Aston Reese as left wing on the third line, but he may not even make the team. Although, to be fair, it's always good to have too many uh, wingers, I mean, excuse me, too many forwards, and especially too many centers. You can't have too many centers, not in this league. It's a center-driven league. Let's go to Evan and Mount Lebanon. Evan, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Um, I just wanted to uh, – I listen every day. I just wanted to applaud you today because there are just so many delusional yinzers. And I was just looking at your Twitter feed the other day, and, I mean, it just blows my mind how many people, like, want to insert their opinion that just have no clue what they're talking about. And, you know, I just don't know how you do it. So I just want to say thanks for the good work. Well, thank you for appreciating what is undoubtedly good work. Okay, if you want to talk about this quarterback crap, the next segment's your last chance for today anyway because we got Craig Wolfley at the bottom of the hour. It's the Mark Madden Show 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Legalizing something and doing it to the point of being stupid are two different things, stupid. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Talking about the Steelers quarterback situation, which, you know, has been a waste of time all day because even if some of you had a good argument on behalf of Josh Dobbs over Landry Jones, which you don't because one doesn't exist, but let's say you did and could articulate it, which you can't, but let's just say it doesn't matter because the decision's made. Landry Jones is the number two quarterback. He's the backup. The only way Dobbs makes the team is as the fourth quarterback and they're not going to keep four quarterbacks. And if they do, just to hold on to a minimal talent like Dobbs a bit longer, that doesn't make any sense at all. 
Dobbs has never played in a National Football League game. The Steelers are all in to win this season. And you can't go into a season like that with a backup that's never played a National Football League regular season game. You shouldn't, and the Steelers won't. Jones has played 19 NFL regular season games. Rudolph and Dobbs between them have played none. Landry Jones has started five NFL regular season games. Rudolph and Dobbs between them have started none. Landry Jones has three National Football League regular season wins. Jones and Dobbs between them have none. All that is what matters, not cockeyed potential or a highlight reel compiled against guys who wind up playing arena ball. Ben one, Jones two, Rudolph three, Dobbs four. You know the argument you could make? You want to make an argument where you could add things up? Tell me that Dobbs should make it ahead of Rudolph and they should cut Rudolph. Now, they're never going to cut Rudolph because they picked Rudolph in the third round just this year, a year more recent, and a round higher than Dobbs. But you could make the argument that, that Dobbs outperformed Rudolph in this preseason because Rudolph doesn't have that regular season experience that Jones has going for him. You could try to make that argument. I wouldn't agree with it, but at least there would be a, a slight shred of, of of legitimacy to just trying to make that argument. You can't even try to make the Dobbs argument over Jones. It just doesn't float. It sinks like a stone. 412-333-9939. And by the way, Rudolph made a few good throws last night, too. I don't know why everybody's attached themselves to suckle on the on the teat of, of uh, Josh Dobbs. Rudolph had some pretty good throws last night, too. And keep in mind, if the quarterbacks were actually playing for jobs still, if there was a chance that, that your dream scenario could be realized and that Landry Jones could get cut and Josh Dobbs could win the number two spot, then Landry Jones would have been playing last night, competing for that job, and I bet he would have done okay against a bunch of guys headed for arena ball. Josh Dobbs was just playing last night, so Jones and Roethlisberger didn't have to. That's the only reason Josh Dobbs was playing. I don't know why, but Pittsburgh has chosen to far overestimate Dobbs' potential far overestimate what he's done in these preseason games, far overestimated his future, just far overestimated Josh Dobbs, period. I I don't know why. Well, actually, there's one component I got a pretty good idea about, but overall, I I don't know why. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, It's a big fuss over nothing. But it killed three hours today on a day where most people took off early to make the long weekend even longer. And speaking of long weekends, don't forget, on Monday I'll be at Schultz Ford in Harmerville for the big Schultz Summer Sale Spectacular. You know what I would call their summer sale? I'm going to talk to King Richard Bazzi, the Ford King. I would call the sale the Super Summer Sizzler Sale. I think that has a ring to it, don't you? Super Summer Sizzler. Where did I get that? 
when Dusty Rhodes booked the NWA, National Wrestling Alliance, one summer he called the the tour of cards, like the, the schedule of, of, of bouts, the Super Summer Sizzler Tour. Let's go to Kevin in the car. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M, I need your genius to help me here. Yeah. A couple days ago, there were people calling and suggesting that they brought certain, bring certain players back to the team who had been cut. Is there anyone that you're aware of that was actually successful in coming back to a team they were In other words, getting recycled. Right. Well, who, who were they suggesting? I, this, I didn't hear this. Who were they suggesting the Steelers bring back? I apologize. I don't remember that, but I know you were very much against Oh, wait. You were, list, you were listening when somebody brought up Lawrence Timmons. Right. That was it. That... Yeah, Lawrence Timmons is like mid-30s. He stunk for Miami, and he flipped his lid because, I don't know, something with his woman. He left the Dolphins to hunt down his woman. But are you aware of any player that was good in being recycled? None leap immediately to mind. Like, like I always say, this isn't a trivia show. Okay. Well, I appreciate your help and love your knowledge. Right, even though it failed me in this instance. I would bring back Lawrence Timmons, and I think these middle linebackers stink, these inside backers. I think they blow, but I wouldn't bring back Lawrence Timmons. You know what I would do, though? I would say, hey, Lawrence, did you hear? Their quarterback's messing with your woman. Flipped them out once, might flip them out again. And you know what? People say, oh, you shouldn't make fun of that. Yo, if he left the team to run and find his woman, he has put it in the public arena, and I have every right to talk about it. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Up next, it's the best football talk in town with all-time Steeler great Craig Wolfley here on 105.9. Joining me now, you hear him on the sidelines during Steeler broadcasts on DVE. He is an all-time Steeler great. We welcome Craig Wolfley. Wolf, the quarterback debate is frenzied, but like we said last week, it's a done deal. There's no way the Steelers don't want Jones as their backup, is there? No. I mean, look, the important thing is you got to have a guy that can walk out there in the middle of a game uh, when, when, when seven, if seven, God forbid, would go down. You got to have somebody that can walk into the huddle immediately, able to quell all the butterflies, everything else flying around. It might be a third and ten in the fourth quarter. Well, you got to have somebody that doesn't stammer in the huddle and gets everybody's rapt attention right away and leads them. And part of that is having been there, done that. Done that. There's a reason that you keep guys like Charlie Batch around. Charlie was rock solid. He'd walk into any situation, and you know you got a guy right there who can light it up or get the job done according to the game plan. And that's one of the reasons that you do carry a Landry Jones. Now, that said, Josh Dobbs was very good last night. Uh, can Dobbs play in the NFL, Wolf? And do you feel like he could even eventually start? There's no question in my mind that he can play in the league. One of the things we did, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to interview Josh at the end of the game. And the conclusion of that, I remember saying to him, well, the beauty of it is you know you can play in this league. You've demonstrated you're capable in this league. And if you're on the Carolina Panthers last night, you got to be looking across the field going, that kid out there is better than anybody short of Cam Newton on this side of the, uh, of the field. So you look at a guy like Josh Dobbs, his feet, his legs, his ability to make chicken salad out of chicken doo-doo when things were going the wrong way, um, that's a real positive, a real plus 
Now, having said all that, he's still untried in a regular season game. And you got to always consider that because things tend to change as soon as they game plan and as soon as they've got a book on you. And when, you know, guys can fill in for one, two, three games, but when they, you start to play four or five games, they get a book on you and they know these defensive coordinators, they're not dummies. They're there for a reason. Well, you, you talked about uh, Dobbs's improvisational skills, which were certainly on display last night. But that's not what you're looking for with a backup quarterback, is it? Nobody goes into the game writing up uh, game plans with plays that says improvise, okay? <laughs> that's right. That's He's improvising because things have already gone south, whether it's a fumbled snap or somebody didn't run the right route or there's a, a blown uh, linebacker pickup. And a lot of that is because of the guys you got in there in that game on both sides too, isn't it? Right. There's no question. So you're going to have the manifestation of screw-ups out there, and such as <laughs> you did. You know, but what I loved about it was Josh showed that composure, and you only get that composure by getting reps, and you only get those reps by being good enough to hang around long enough, a la Landry. Now, what do you like about Landry Jones as a quarterback? We've talked about his experience and his cool, which suits him for the number two spot. But in terms of mechanics and execution, what do you like? Well, I, I like because he's been there, done that now, and he's proven he can win games. Now, he didn't had to win a lot of games because thankfully you got a franchise quarterback who does not seem to need to, to, to be able to have to come out uh, very few games. I mean, he gets the job done. So Landry, what I like, you can plug and play. He knows the system. He knows the code words. He knows the tendencies. Uh, he's able to execute. And I'll, I, I know a lot of people get frustrated because they, they had such huge expectations when he came here. You know, they said, oh, he has this high percentage of completion and everything else. And then Landry struggled through his first camp. But, you know, he got better and better each and every year. And now you've got that, that veteran that you have that you want to keep. If, if you've got the window for a Super Bowl opportunity, you don't want to just, you know, in, inject new blood if you've got to have something go wrong. You no, you that's it. You, know, you don't want to roll the dice on that. You've got the opportunity right now with a Super Bowl window. And Ben says, I want to be around for the next three to five years. Okay. Well, in that case, you know, you keep a veteran because you have a shot at the big one. Now, I'm not sure last night changed too much for, for too many players, Wolf, but what about this Ola Adani, an outside linebacker? He's had a couple strip sacks, and if he makes the team, he's the fourth guy, he'd probably get some snaps. There's no question. Now, the question you got to ask yourself is how good is he on the special teams? Because what you're going to do is you're going to pay rent on special teams. Right. you got to pay your way onto that team, so the way you do it is you're, you got to have that special team ability, and so I think he's pretty capable in that area. Look, one of the things that I love about this kid is that he's got this uncanny knack to rush the passer, as we've all seen. You know, a lot of people, I've heard the commentary, oh, you know, 92, James Harrison. You know, the 92 means nothing. What is interesting is when you watch his body movements and his ability to isolate the up shoulder or the outside arm of the offensive tackle and get around that corner and turn the guy like a turnstile, then accelerate to the quarterback. A lot of guys can beat a guy in a pass rush, but from the time that they disengage to the time they get to the quarterback, it might be, you know, all day. This kid gets off the block and gets to the quarterback, and that's a rare gift. And one of the things he does so well is attacking the hands and arms of the offensive tackle. He doesn't become a helmet magnet. He doesn't run down the middle of a guy and then get stuck there as he's wrestling with a 350-pounder. He makes that 350-pounder have to move and then gets on the outside third of him, trap that hand, get to the backside, and all of a sudden it's, it's a big play. Now, he's not the biggest guy in the world, no. but he kind of gets under the blocker a little bit. Like you said, 
As long as you can do that and disengage pretty quickly, maybe that doesn't hurt as much as it might normally. No, it doesn't. That's you're, you're exactly correct. Look, one of the things that James Harrison made so obvious was his ability to use his his lack of size as as an advantage, his leverage. He was able to leverage with his great strength, being able to get underneath these guys and create a real problem for him. Ola does the same thing, and he is very, very interesting to watch because this kid is um, unique in his capabilities of, of attacking an offensive tackle. So right now I'm not ready to say, hey, this kid is the best pass rusher on the team, but right now he's he's looking pretty good as far as what he's put on tape. We're talking to Craig Wolfley here on 105.90X. Uh, okay, Wolf, what have you heard? When's Lev Bell going to show up? Will he be in uniform week one at Cleveland because – the comments by James Harrison on, on Fox Sports have kind of reignited uh, people wondering. It does make you wonder. I you know I don't know because the first thing you hear is some of the guys say, oh, it's like last year. He's going to come in on Labor Day. Labor Day, of course, is Monday. Monday is a day that you, know, you get that extra day. So you think, okay, that's a good day to report. But then he tweets out and says it's fake news, that he didn't tell anybody that. So I don't know. I mean, literally, not. I don't think anybody really knows, although I would say this. Mike Tomlin might have just called and said, hey, Lev, let us know, because we have to make decisions based on whether or not you're going to report on Monday or you're going to report on Tuesday or you're not going to report at all. So I would think there are some backdoor channel, uh, back-channel communications that, that might occur. I, I would think so, too. Uh, and I just can't believe he would pass up a game check of that volume, 855 k but but you don't know. I mean, he's he's certainly crossed us up more than once in the past. Now, regardless of when he reports, he's obviously you know pretty late. Right. Do you expect him to start slowing in this year because of that? Because he did last year. He did last year. His first three weeks were were nothing uh, to write home about for such a guy with such incredible talent. Look, and in his not opener. awful, not awful. No, he's. Just- just, Never awful. You know but, what? They were bad enough, though, that they were a drag on his stats for the entire year. Well, think about this. Uh, when when he became Lev Bell, and I know he rushed for 144 yards against uh, the Ravens in the in the fourth game, but he still didn't look like himself. When we went to Kansas City, he looked like Lev Bell. Okay, uh, the Steelers were three and two at that point. It's not like they were running away with the division. They were still, you know, getting mucking through what was roughly, uh, you know, uh, uh, 500 uh, football and, until that point when he started to get on uh, the, being the guy that he, he you know, everybody considers, considers him to be. So with him, I would think, I'm hoping that he gets a faster start, but I'm not that worried about it because I think, you know, if you go, if, if, like his last year's opener, he had, what, 10 carries for 32 yards, he had three catches for 15 yards. James Conner can do numbers bigger than that right now, you know? And so if he needs a break, if he needs a little time, that's I'm, I'm okay because I think James Conner has proven that he's capable, willing, able, and ready to go. We, we touched on this last week, Wolf, but Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated says the Steelers are going to use three safeties. I'd like that, and I respect, you know, Andy's reporting, but boy, they didn't do that very much in the preseason, did they? No, but they're not going to show a lot of that. You know, you're not sure what they're going to come out with based on what they see, what defensive coordinator wants to to put out there. We're going to see coming up with Cleveland and and find out. I mean, let's face it. Todd Haley has a very intimate working knowledge of the Steeler organization. Same way, Keith Butler has a pretty intimate working knowledge of what Todd Haley brings to the offense. So this is going to be something where I don't think they've shown anything about what they're really planning on doing yet. Do you feel like the Steelers are ready? Do you feel like the preseason delivered 
on everything it was supposed to? I think pretty much it never goes as planned. I mean, you always have some things that you you wonder about, and you know you'd like to get a, a longer look at some guys. But right now, you know, I I think Ben is is probably about ninety percent ready. You know, I mean, you saw that's what you saw in the game. How do you overthrow Jesse James? It takes a little work to overthrow <laughs> a six seven guy, but at the same time, uh, he still made the throws that he needed to make, and you know he's capable at any time of pulling himself together and ripping it up with a great performance. So I'm not worried. I think he's fine. The offensive line looks like they're great. The defensive line, I think where they're really wondering is, you know, I mean, T.J. Watt, okay? We haven't seen anything out of T.J. this whole preseason. Bud Dupree, we saw some promising signs. Uh, defensively speaking, we saw some great performances. We saw some not-so-good not performances. So it's been a little bit up and down, but I think week one will answer a lot of questions. Uh, well, if we are truly in the era of the big contract, uh, a lot of guarantee money flying around. Today, uh, Aaron Donald from Penn Hills and Pitt got a six-year extension worth 135 mil, 87 mil guaranteed, 40 mil as a signing bonus. Those are crazy numbers. I'm not going to say it's not well-deserved because I think he's the best defensive player in football, but those are crazy numbers. Those are crazy numbers. They are incredible numbers. And you consider people... Say to me, I've heard many times in the past, what do you think Joe Green would have earned today? There you go. <laughs> right, because Aaron I mean, Donald is a is kind of a 2018 equivalent to Joe Green, isn't he? I have no doubts about it. Look, you see Aaron. I see Aaron a number of times. I saw him working out over in the pit side of the of the facility and, and watching him. I've watched this kid since he was in Penn Hills. and It was funny because you knew he's the one guy when I was doing the high school game of the weeks that I, that I did make the comment, you might see him on Sundays. And lo and behold... Um, that's exactly what's happening. And he has manifested himself to be a great player. Now, remember, he's only 275. He's not one of these 300, 310, 315-pound guys. He's 275. He takes on the double team. He splits the double team. He pass rushes uh, from the three technique, extraordinarily so. He's got the quickness, the strength, and he's got the desire to get there. And I tell you, that's exactly what Joe Green manifested. And people who say, well, Joe Green couldn't apply. Are you kidding me? If you had... Joe Green grew up, grew up in this environment. You know he'd be all no over question. the weight training. No question. Exactly. G- given given the, uh, the the technology available for training, the nutrition, right. everything that Joe would have been subject to, he would have been every bit the mean Joe Green he was back then and, and maybe even a, a bit better. I'm really happy for Aaron Donald. You made an interesting allusion. Uh, you talked about when you covered high school games. Uh, I covered high school football for years for the Post-Gazette, and it was funny because it didn't happen often. But every once in a while, I would see a guy and just know right. he was going to play in the league. And, and that was uh, the first high school game I ever covered. Dan Marino was the quarterback <laughs> for Central Catholic. So so I got spoiled immediately. I said, okay, he might make it. Uh, I saw Bill Fralick play for Penn Hills. Yep. I said, okay, he's good. One guy that didn't make it, but, but it wasn't because he wasn't good enough, was Brian Davis. Remember him? Wash high, played at Pitt, just, just kind of, you know, uh, I've heard the name. I can't yeah, he, remember. He, his... he, he flunked out at Pitt, and those were that was back in the days where you know you were if you didn't get through college, you weren't you know going right. to get the shot you should anyway. Although I think he played briefly for the Browns, and believe it or not, Mark Bulger. I saw Mark Bulger throw the ball for Central. I said, okay, this kid. I mean, I could hear the ball. I was on the sideline. He could throw. Yeah, oh, just 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 he the could guard. whistle that thing, man. Now uh, we will talk more about Cleveland next week. But are the Browns better? It seems like they should be better. You know, I, I not good, right? But better, better. Now, one of the things that you see is Greg Williams has got some uh, 
bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, wild-haired guys playing yes. on defense. And that's where I think the manifestation of better is really kind of coming from. And I think the Pulse in Cleveland, everybody, of course, is a little wild. They get a win, you know, a two and whatever it is in preseason they've got. Um, certainly, you think they're going to be better. Now, again, um, defensively speaking, that Miles Garrett is a serious pass rusher. Yes. This guy this guy is going to be a serious problem. Kirksey at linebacker is another guy. Um, so I think they're going to be better, but I don't believe that they're better enough. Who, who would you start a quarterback, Taylor or Mayfield? Um, right now, I, that's something for Todd to go. You know what I mean? I, you, you hate to put the rookie out there in a home opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You'd like to have. I'm always that guy that I, I enjoy the veteran presence because at least then you think they're going to get the call straight and they're going to make the best of it. I think so, too. And also because Tyrod Taylor's not chopped liver. He led Buffalo to the playoffs last year. You get Buffalo in the playoffs, you don't stink. No, there's there's no question. And I, I look at Tyrod Taylor, and the one thing he's got, he's got feet that can get him out of trouble. And that's one of the things I think he's got over a Baker Mayfield. And one of the things Baker has not seen really is what a defensive coordinator will do to set his head a spinning. And that's a, a province of uh, you know regular season. You're going to see that. So... I would think Tyrod Taylor would be the guy. I'd be more comfortable if I was Todd putting him out there. Um, but certainly, uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Wolf, great stuff. We'll do it again next week. Looking forward to it, my friend. That's Craig Wolfley. I'm Mark Madden. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. Just dial 412-333-WXDX and ask Mark anything. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, it's sexy. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Because I know more about announcing than any man alive. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X, time not to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. It's brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar, the city's best seafood and chop house. Be sure to check out Chapino in the strip. Let's go to Steve and Moon. Steve, ask Mark anything. You're on the air, Steve. What's up, Mark? How are you today? Good, Steve. Be ready to talk when I when I say you're on the air. Sorry about that. My phone cut out. So uh, I was just wondering, why did you choose No Quarter to be the intro song for your radio show? It's not the intro song for my radio show. It's the instrumental that plays under me talking in the last segment of the 3 o'clock hour. Gotcha. Why'd you choose that song? Because I had an instrumental version of it that sounded good. All right, fair enough. Take it easy. And I knew I could get it sponsored. I, I, as I recall, I did that to prove a point that I could get just about anything sponsored. Let's go to Robert in the car. Robert, ask Mark anything. When you was in high school, what was your favorite tennis shoe? You know what? I forget. It's a good question. I forget. I mean... I've worn New Balance for so long. I love New Balance because it's for guys with wide, fat feet like me. But uh, but I uh, I don't recall before New Balance, and there were no New Balance shoes in high school, so I don't know. We're about the same age. I like the Converse All Star high tops. No, not for me. I, I I've never worn high tops. I tried it once, found it very uncomfortable. Leaves the line open, 412-333-9939. Don't forget, I'm at Schultz Ford on Monday from noon till 2. Let's go to Tim in North Hills. Tim. Quick question. If Leigh Bell does not sign and come in on Monday or Tuesday at the latest, do you think the Steelers will just pull the tag? No. 
I think it would take more than him missing one game for them to pull the tag. I, I don't know how many games it would take them to pull the tag. I'm not even sure they would, period. I think if he played the last six games, they might just wait for him. But uh, they would definitely not pull the tag next week. I feel very confident in saying that. Why? What would you do? I think I would. I mean, this is, we're looking, I mean, Ben's got what? One, two, three years. Uh, okay, so tell me why you'd pull the tag. I mean, give me a, a legitimate reason for doing it. Because you'd have $14 million and you'd have a chance to maybe make a trade and get a running back. Uh, okay, you're, you're not going to make a trade at this point in the preseason to get a running back. You're just not going to. It's not okay. going to happen. So no, if he doesn't support and Connor gets hurt, they're not going to have anybody. They'll just play. Well, that. they'll have Ridley and, and uh, Samuels, those guys. They'll just do what they they'll can. Lose seven or eight games then. Well, then they will. I mean, what, what would you have had them do from the get go? They've done everything they could. I think it's great. I think he should sign the darn thing and come in and make his $14 million. Well, I mean, I hate to put myself in the thinking cap of a moron, which is what he is. Okay. No, I, I don't think he's very bright, and I think he gets bad advice. But, uh, but, uh, but, but you can't make moves to punish somebody. You know, if they got rid of Lev Bell, he'd still get his big deal in free agency, and, and, and they would be screwed. They would hurt themselves more than they would hurt Lev Bell. Let's go to Greg on the north side. Greg, you're on with Double M. Mark, if it was Brandon Hard, Briscoe, and you need one more fare to make your night, and a lady up ahead, it's done. Stop. Are you are you quoting Taxi the song? Yes, correct. Yeah, your phone's cutting out. I couldn't get all of it. But me, I, I'm I flying am. in my taxi, taking tips and getting stoned. I fly a high, wait, I fly so high when I'm stoned. Let's go to Lou in the car. Lou, ask Mark anything. Double M, big fan, big fan. What's up, Lou? I was wondering um, if you go to your high school class reunions. And I have never like been it. to one yet. I, I'm thinking of going. There's one at McFadden's for the class of 78 Shaler Thanksgiving weekend. How do you anticipate that going? I mean, would you... Uh, I, I don't know for sure if I'm humble? going yet. What's that? Would you stay pretty humble, or would you be like, hey... Oh, no, I'd be insufferable. <laughs> awesome. No, I mean, here's the... Here, put it this way. No, I wouldn't go there with the intent of being insufferable. Right. Okay? But I've always heard at these reunions that everybody tries to assume the same pecking order from high school. Okay, I can't like, imagine you'd put up with that. Oh, no, I wasn't very high on the pecking order in high school, but 40 years later... There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> Let's go to Jim in Washington. Jim. Hey, Mark. I was just wondering if you made it to the Skinner show and what you thought about Hank Williams Jr. I uh, didn't watch Hank Williams Jr. I sat in the bar and drank, so he was pretty good as far. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I don't get him. I don't get him. Yeah, he's got a chip on his shoulder. No, it just, I think he stinks. I mean, I think his song stinks. I think his performance level stinks. He's this folksy, loud country drunk, but I'm not into it, so I didn't watch it. All right, what did you think about Skinner? Oscar was excellent. They were good. They're, they're so, even with only Gary Rossington left in the band, their presentation, the lights, the quality of the songs and performance is still so much larger than life, isn't it? Yeah, their, their songs are great. I mean, they, they can't fail without it, you know? You know what I'd forgotten about? Some of the songs I'd forgotten were so good. Like, I hadn't heard Needle in the Spoon in a long time. The wah-wah solo on that, 
is just unbelievable. And and you know what's sad is that uh, of course that was Alan Collins' solo. And when you when you hear that solo being performed by Ricky Medlock, and Ricky's a great musician, but it makes you makes you miss the people that aren't there. I, I found that happened a lot during the Skinner show. Yeah, that's you know, true. like like the intro, the piano intro to Freebird. Yeah, you think about really Billy Powell. Powell, you know, right, right. You know, so thank you for the call. Uh, let's go to Mark and Madison. Mark, you're on with Double M. Ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, have you seen the new movie on Showtime called If I Leave Here Tomorrow? Yeah, the documentary on Skinner. It's excellent. It is excellent. It's absolutely incredible. So, uh, all um, right, man. That's we're all agreed on that. I fly so high when I'm stoned. Schultz Ford, Monday, noon till 2, 105.90X.